0: Hello, my name is Greg Johnson. I'm here with my co-host Zach Greenberg, and this is season two of Calling an Audible, where we focus on national, state, and local sporting news. We have also added a few new segments for your surprise later in the episode. Zach, isn't it great to be back? You know, it's been a long uh, absence away from Calling an Audible, but I think uh, I would
1: like to thank the University of Minnesota Crookston for giving us the funding and opportunities to uh,
0: continue doing this show, Um, and it should be a good, good season for us. Yep, I'm very excited for this as well. As always, my appreciation towards the school for giving us the opportunity to continue this is a great experience for not only me, but for you you yourself and everyone around us that may partake in listening to this or even our special guests we bring on to the show. So without further ado, we're going to start off with national sport news. And did you hear, Zach, that Kyrie Irving called LeBron James to apologize because he now understands what leadership is?
1: Yeah, I think that um, Kyrie Irving has done a lot of growing up since leaving Cleveland. I think that might have been the best thing for him. Um, you know, if he could have grown up a little bit more on his own, but you, we, we'll never know. If he was playing in LeBron's shadow ever since, you think he might have won a championship or two since, but we'll never know that. And I think uh, him leaving for Boston was probably the best decision for him. But uh, I, I think it's... I guess courteous of him to uh, call
0: LeBron James and clear any air. I agree with that, but the thing is, Kyrie Irving this entire situation started out with Kyrie Irving not getting the last shot in a 2 point loss to Orlando Magic. And a quote from the ES, from ESPN says, "Obviously this is a way this is a big deal for me because I had to call LeBron and tell him I apologized for being that young player that wanted everything at his fingertips and I wanted everything at my threshold." So I mean, he scored a bunch of points and career high insists, but he wanted that last shot and he didn't get it. And I, yeah, I can understand that as a player caliber of him being, you know, the go-to guy for Boston, he's got to understand that as a leader, LeBron was a great example and he definitely had a lot of growing up to do, which I believe he did. Going to Boston the way he did was not exactly his best choice. I mean, I think he's in a better environment and he's the leader of a team that's going to be great for a long time. But with that being said, the way he went out was he did state in the article that he should have kept it in house and not like bring it to national attention. So with that, I think well, he learned his lesson that way.
1: Well, yeah, that's a, that's a, seems like it's kind of been a theme with Kyrie Irving throughout his career. Like, for example, with the, the flat earth comments he made. Like, who knows if he was really, you know, if he really thinks that. I think he's retracted that statement since then. But... uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's big
0: into conspiracies.
1: Yeah, but, you know, I've always liked Kyrie Irving. When I was in Boston last year, I had the pleasure of going to see the Celtics play the Bucks, but Kyrie Irving wasn't playing but you know he seems to be a good teammate he was on the sidelines supporting the team and you know and that that should be expected I think um but you know a lot of guys don't do that and um so you know I think Kyrie's done a lot of growing up and you know it's good to see that for sure um moving on to uh, some college football news uh we have Kyler Murray, who has declared for the NFL draft, he was Oklahoma's quarterback last year, uh, played under Baker Mayfield the year before. Um, and Kyler Murray has also been drafted by the Oakland Athletics in the Major League Baseball. So this is uh, kind of un uncharted territory for sports you know we've seen we saw it a little bit with deon sanders and a little bit with michael jordan but don't forget about bo jackson right and and bo jackson's another good example but it's really not seen very often where a player can be ast- astounding and arguably the top of his class in two different sports because think how many drafts is the mlb draft how many rounds is the mlb draft 40-something? 40, 40, and he was the ninth player picked out of that. And he's already being projected as a first-round pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, I mean, after winning the Heisman, you kind of thing, Right. And, well, it kind of poses the question, do you think he should play football? Do you think he should play baseball? Do you think he should play both? What are your thoughts on uh,
0: Kyler Murray? It depends what Kyler Murray wants. I mean, if he's chasing money, yeah, you go the NFL route where I believe the average... After your rookie contract, the average salary for an NFL quarterbacks is going to be 24000000 I think, annually per year after the rookie contract expires. But if he goes the baseball route, obviously he's going to have to go through the minor leagues. That's going to take... Briefly, I would say. I bl- yeah, top 10 pick? Top 10 pick. He's going to have three years in the minors. You think he is that many? I was going to say two max. Two max? I say I
1: think he would get. I, th- I think that he goes for one year, one full year, and then he gets called up. Well, part it, way it through depends. The
0: year. It depends how he does. Right. I mean, I didn't follow closely his baseball statistics right. or how he did at Oklahoma, but Joe Mauer, when he was drafted, he spent one year in the minors, I believe. Right. And whoever the next, I think Mark Pryor, the pick after Joe Mauer, he spent a couple years in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. It just depends if he's ready. It's not like Tim Tebow where they're going to bring him up just for popularity. Right. which Tim Tebow is actually proving his worth, and he's actually not a terrible baseball player, no. shockingly. But again, uh, if Kyler a- wants the money, he's got to go football. But if he wants to be, quote-unquote, I mean, if, safer, he wants,
1: if he wants money right now, then football is the way to go because he's not going to get... Well, the thing is, he said to the Athletics, he said, give me $15 million or I'm going to play football, which is, I think, one of the most big baller things to say ever because like ha- just think about walking into uh, a fr- uh, your team's front office and looking at the general manager and saying I want 15 million
0: dollars or I'm going to go play football and I could get hurt playing football you know you also got to think of it this way say he- say the athletics do give them 15 million dollars and now he's going. He's going to be in the minor leagues briefly. But mm-hmm. every teammate he's going to play with is going to have some sort of like chip on their shoulder or grudge against him because, oh, great, we got some fifty million dollar signing bonus kid on our team that thinks he's a big Fair shot. enough. I mean, he's got. But he is a
1: big shot. That's the thing, and he knows he is.
0: He's got to prove he's the real deal. I'm, he not, has saying proven bi- I'm it. not saying he's. I'm not
1: saying he has proven it. He I, won the Heisman
0: in football, not baseball.
1: Okay, true. But he was still the ninth overall pick in baseball.
0: Which was a questionable pick if I remember right. I mean, he is a first-rounder, no doubt, but the ninth overall pick, that was a bit of a risk for the Athletics. Especially. It is a
1: risk, especially because of how good at football he is. Exactly. I mean, I guess time will tell. I mean, if I was him, I would go play baseball for the Athletics and, you know, assuming the Athletics don't make the playoffs... Which they don't usually make the playoffs. They've had some success they, in the past year. They lost but, a lot
0: of key pieces. So right. I don't see them making the playoffs. They,
1: and it's hard to make the playoffs in baseball anyways. I, yeah. I go there. You know, if we're out of playoff contention and we're already out of the playoffs, come what? When do playoffs start? September? No, October. No, they end in October. Season ends in October. The season ends in October. Yep,
0: October. Well, then, First week of October is when season wraps well, up. Well, then... What he can do is he
1: can go play baseball the whole summer, all all year long, Obviously and then he'll miss training camp, and then miss training camp of football, and then slowly work his way in. And, and you know, I, it, it might be difficult to do that. But it's
0: not uncommon for players to take leave of absences during the season, right? So you could easily just take right. a week if or the, two if off. The
1: Athletics are twenty games under five hundred.
0: M- him missing in, a week in or August two to go play football. Why wouldn't he
1: go report to camp?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, if he. Obviously goes play football during the tail end of the baseball season when the athletics are, I'm going to make a bold prediction here and say they're going to be 15 games back from playoff contention, not division lead, playoff contention around early August. I would say, all right, Kyler, go have fun at football and we'll see you at spring training. Depending what team he gets drafted by, it would be how soon he reports to spring training.
1: Right. I mean, if
0: the Cardinals take him, number one overall. I don't think they will. I don't know. I, their, I think the new think, coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, he's pretty high on him, and Josh Rosen. He is high on him, but
1: I, 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 I like my Jewish brother, Josh
0: Rosen. <laughs> Josh Rosen. He's. Uh,
1: I think he's a quality quarterback, and he's gonna he's gonna do his thing. But he he had no offensive line this year in Arizona. He had no time in the pocket, and his best receiver is 39 uh, year old Larry Fitzgerald who there is a case to be made about him going to the Vikings for his final year. Uh, he's not going to go to Minnesota for his final year. Y- yes, he's a Minnesota boy, but he spent his whole career I- in Arizona. He almost won a Super Bowl in Arizona.
0: I don't... Depends if they re-sign him and, or not. And I mean, he's 37 years old. Yeah. Right,
1: and it, and if he left to go to a team that's probably not going to make the playoffs next year oh, again... Oh, God, no. You know, like, it's, what? why would he leave to go to a team that's
0: going to be... Arguably just as bad as the Arizona Cardinals next year. I mean, the Cardinals aren't going to be the Chicago Bears of this year. That's no. not going to happen. So, I, you know, it depends. Yeah. The only thing Larry Fitzgerald's got going for him is his hands. I mean, he has more.
1: Right. Was, tackles than he has There was a crazy drops. stat that I saw that he had zero drops this season, and so did DeAndre Hopkins. And... uh linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks, Bobby Wagner, had zero missed tackles all season. Wow. And I'm just trying to figure out which is more impressive to me, the fact that you you went every play, playing every game, not missing a single tackle, or every ball thrown at you that's catchable, that
0: touches your hands, you don't drop. You want to so, know another fun fact about Larry Fitzgerald? Huh. He's got more career tackles than he does career drops. Right. That's Insane. I think that's probably the best stat.
1: Yeah that that's an awesome stat. I didn't know that. But
0: so did you hear Jalen Hurts is now transferring to Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah. J- J-
1: well, uh, Oklahoma found their replacement for Kyler Murray pretty easily with Jalen Hurts, and and again, like you know, Jalen Hurts is about to be a senior, and and to be honest, it makes sense why he would transfer because you know he's not going to get any playing time unless Tua goes down. Which they, I believe, they split some games this year. The, Jalen Hurts got in a couple times during the season, but he also got in in the national championship. But they were all they were down by four touchdowns when he got in. So, you know, the the move to Oklahoma makes sense. You know, you have a good coach over there in Lincoln Riley, and yep. you have a a top four contender for sure in Oklahoma. Oh, easily. They're a perennial top four contender. They'll be
0: top ten at least. Yeah. Depends but, how the defense does and how Jalen Hurts. And the thing know, is, and,
1: and exactly, that's the thing. And and for the thing for Jalen is if he can go out there and show that he can put up formidable numbers, he'll get NFL looks but for sure.
0: Isn't Jalen Hurts more of like a rushing and mobile quarterback than he is throwing? He is, but we've seen that with braxton miller
1: who who from okay. ohio state who played quarterback the whole time who where is he now he's he was on the texans for a while i don't i think he's on san francisco now but i'm I not guess sure i don't know but you know obviously not very much nfl success but the the point is in jalen hurts transferring to oklahoma this will give him the opportunity to play and at least get some sort of look to try and go pro and play in the nfl which i think he's capable
0: of doing yep and Hertz is obviously guaranteed the starting spot but recently oklahoma granted their past quarterback austin kendall who was supposed to take over after kyler murray graduated he is now transferring to west virginia Right. for a
1: graduate transfer the same as. Right, and
0: he'll take Will Greer's spot over at West Virginia. Which is another place that's a good place for a graduate right, transfer quarterback. Right,
1: I mean, West Virginia is not going to be a top-four team by any means. No, top-fifteen. But. Yeah, but, But you know, he, the kid's going to get to go play, and, you know, that's a tough shadow to live behind in Will Greer because he's an excellent quarterback. But, that he is. But
0: I guess we'll have to see what happens from there. So to move on, we all remember the summer and the beginning of preseason for NBA, Jimmy Butler. You remember that, Zach? Yep. So uh, what's your take on that? Well, Jimmy Butler to me is nothing.
1: Like he's obviously an excellent player, and, you know, Tom Thibodeau saw a lot in him. That's why he made that move for yep. him in Chicago. As a second-round pick, absolutely. Right, and brought him over to to Minnesota when he came there. Obviously, he saw a lot in him and wanted to, you know, give him every opportunity to succeed. But at the end of the day, I think Jimmy Butler is nothing more than a locker room cancer. You think so? Just and he's—I think he's a great player, but there's a lo- several examples that we've seen of players who are locker room cancers that are amazing on the court or on the field. Like you have players like Allen Iverson. Iverson uh, Stefan Marbury, both sp- spectacular basketball players, but not really great teammates and not really great people for their organization. I don't know, last I career. heard
0: Stefan Marbury is balling out in China, so. Right, and it's, well, he's, he is old now, but back then. <laughs> 38 or so, I think. Yeah,
1: but, but you know, maybe he would have been in the NBA a little bit longer if he wasn't a cancer, a cancer like Jimmy Butler. And the thing is, like, Jimmy Butler is what he is four year he, he's trying to get a four year deal with a fifth year option i think is what we he, what i found on that article he is
0: literally trying to get the biggest deal possible
1: right and the problem is some some teams going to take a chance on him and give him money he's just entering his 30s but yeah they're not going to give him the money he wants if they're risking him You know, blowing up like he did in Minnesota, and like he's probably about to do in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, there's been some rumblings about there too, but right. My favorite news headline from that entire Jimmy Butler saga was when he took the third stringers and beat the first stringers in a practice or whatever, like his first day, just because
1: he can, because just to show how good he is, and he is good.
0: And then Kobe Bryant took to social media and said, "That's it. That was a Monday for the Lakers. That I died over that. That was hilarious." Okay. I just
1: wish Jimmy Butler would be would fall fo- would have followed in the footsteps more of Dwayne Wade who they both went to Marquette. Up, Dwayne Wade for sure a role model to oh, Jimmy Butler, and because you know Dwayne Wade is has been regarded as a good teammate to LeBron James. And in the past, I think he's,
0: where LeBron literally said, "I want Dwayne Wade on my team." Right? Because yeah, he, that was part of the Kyrie Irving LeBron James right. falling out too was. You know, he hit in practice and games. LeBron will go to Kyrie and say, Dwayne Wade did this, Dwayne Wade did that. Right. Kyrie's like, I'm not Dwayne Wade. Right. I want to trade. Right. Get me nor, here. nor will he ever be Dwayne Wade. No. But No one's going to be Dwayne Wade. Yeah. But yeah, the thing with that though, Dwayne Wade always, he's if I remember right, he's the least paid big three in Miami. He's never gotten like a max contract, if I remember right. He always took a discount for the heat. Yeah, he did. He's, he was never the, I want to be the top guy. He's always like, you know, I'm here to win. I want to play with good players. And let's just get this done. I'll take ten million less to go sign LeBron and Chris Chris Bosh, right. which they did. And look what I got them: what four straight finals appearances, and they won three, two, three of them. Either way, yeah, they, pretty big they deal. They
1: won. They they made four in a row, and they lost the first, won the second two, and lost the four. the fourth.
0: I think was and that? then
1: they disbanded, or then LeBron left. The Dwayne. No. LeBron left. Wayne and Chris stayed. Then Chris Chris had the whole. Uh, problem with his his oh, nerves and stuff like that blood, clot or blood clots and stuff like that and he's had a whole bunch derail. of complica- complications and, and you know the heat the heat are still paying him out he's due another 50 million over the next two years i thought he retired so, so if you can like, imagine he's just he's not he he's very involved in the community everywhere he's been toronto and miami yep and he, you know, and the Heat are still involved with him in that sense, and obviously they have to pay him $50 million over the next two years. So, you know, might as well have him doing something in the yeah. community. I mean, he's still
0: off the court working for his money.
1: Yeah. That was just
0: a great career that got derailed by yeah. injuries. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, So on Calling Audible now, we have added two new segments. The first new segment we added is called the rivalry segment. Uh, Greg and I found it interesting how our favorite teams personally uh, seem to be rivals most of the time. So uh, we're going to see how how this goes talking about... um, about rivalry so if we go look at the green bay packers my favorite team versus (laughs) greg's favorite team who's the minnesota vikings both are kind of in peculiar situations right now we have green bay uh firing their longtime coach mike mccarthy who was their coach for 13 years won them a super bowl and and the now hiring of titans offense coordinator matt lafleur and the viking situation with you know overpaying 84 million (laughs) dollars for kirk cousins and, you know, a, lo- a losing environment that has never won them a Super Bowl.
0: So what, what are your thoughts on both situations? I believe that they kind of did Mike McCarthy an injustice by firing him in the middle of the season. Incorrect, but go no, ahead. No, 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 it is not incorrect. That dude won you guys a Super Bowl. The, issue, the entire issue, from my understanding, was him and Aaron Rodgers didn't get along. Is that kind of what the deal was? Right. Aaron Rodgers is very... Um, High on himself? Arrogant, yeah. Just but a little it, again, bit. But again, he has the right to be. I mean, yeah, no quarterback can do what he does and not get a say in any matter, which I rightfully believe that Aaron Rodgers should be given priority. He's a great quarterback that manages to keep plays alive in ridiculous situations. But I don't They weren't going to win anyway, so why fire McCarthy? It, their season wasn't going to improve no matter who their interim was. I think they should have fired him sooner. I've been saying I, for the last 3 years now that Mike McCarthy so needs to be So then why not fire him over the off season? Because why wait till the middle of this season?
1: If you think about it, we were still we still had a slim chance but a chance to a make the playoffs slim, with 5 like weeks 3%. left. 3% with 5 weeks left. We still had a chance though. And you know what game cost us that chance? What game? Losing to the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> I love that. That's inexcusable. Th- th- that team was so aw- and we lost to them at home. On top Ooh. of that, and we don't lose at home. So the M- McCarthy stay was long overdue. It's a new NFL. Uh, you know, the only person that's managed to to stay in this new NFL and be successful is Bill Belichick. In my opinion, all hail the coaching king. But. Absolutely, but Mike McCarthy has needed to go for a while, and yeah, Aaron Rodgers is probably pretty arrogant, and they probably disagree a lot, but I think Aaron Rodgers has the right to be arrogant. So is Matt LaFleur the go-to choice?
0: What's your opinion on that?
1: I had two, two choices for who I wanted to be head coach. And everybody was so high on Josh McDaniels he leaving like, New he's England. He's taking
0: over Bill Spud. But,
1: I, yeah, I don't, I don't think I, – I, for a little bit I thought it made sense, but I don't think he's going to leave New England. It also no. pissed me off what he did to Indianapolis last year. No, I was happy for I, that. I did not want him to leave. Well, of course not. But, you know, he, if you're already pretty much – Signed to go coach somewhere, and then you say, "No, I'm sorry, I'm was just going to go back." a verbal agreement, right? But it's, how many
0: how many players I didn't want him. To I didn't
1: want him doing the same thing to the Packers, so I just kind of ruled him out right away. Okay, and I got instantly on the Matt Lafleur bandwagon because okay. he he has experience with McVeigh and in that whole system with so Matt so he's and all those guys. He's a young, young, gun, that has he's high a young gun
0: that is smart you know you saw what he did with derrick henry this year with the titans yeah some no-name running back from Alabama that heck the years that are now like oh my god he can run right
1: and and he had he had a pretty good season he had a good second half of the season good second half of the season there you go he he was like non-existent but i also think that the titans are very weak at quarterback whereas the packers are very strong at quarterback and Matt LaFleur will be able to exploit that and be a good He'll coach. He'll be able to open up the offense. The only okay. the only other person that I would have wanted was Vic Fangio, the Bears defensive coordinator who's now the uh, Broncos head coach. Yep. I wanted him because we could because he's a terrific defensive coordinator. Kind of like Wade Phillips. And right, and we can take him away from the, the Bears. I would have that kind of the Bears and puts us, gives us a competitive advantage over them. Luckily the Broncos got him anyways. So the Bears are going to be down losing him and you know if we would have got Fangio then I would have just said Aaron go out there and do whatever you want just let Aaron call all the plays let him do all of that so why hire so, an so offensive you, coordinator just say Aaron is your your offense you right what you well want. that's just they didn't see it the way I saw it but and and but if for an offensive minded coach Lafleur is what I wanted and I'm very happy with what
0: Brian Gutkainst did <laughs> personally when the Viking or when the Packers fired McCarthy and we got rid of John DeFilippo the probably one of the worst offensive coordinators pretty in, bad in, in terms of listening to what the head coach wants whereas Zimmer said you need to run the ball more and DeFilippo's like what well how because the offensive line was trash yep. They'd never, they never they're bad at run blocking I'm not high on Dalvin Cook either to be honest but I mean look at his rookie year and obviously coming back from an ACL yeah and no one's Adrian Peterson. You just can't come back the way he did, right? I, and I will say that I'm a
1: huge fan of Kirk Cousins. I always have been. I do think that you guys overpaid for him by a little bit too much, five
0: million, at right?
1: Least. And 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 the the only reason I think Kirk Cousins is an
0: above-average quarterback statistically, he's he's proven that. Even though like he the, just can't win big games. The NFL, like was it 85 anonymous defensive players in the NFL said he's the most overrated quarterback, right? I mean, when it, in yeah. terms of wins and losses against good teams, he is. He's just an overhyped average quarterback. But the issue with this season from what I saw was, again, the biggest question on the Vikings is what are they going to do about their offensive line? Last Two years ago they brought in Mike Remmers and some other people, and they haven't really done anything. Now this year it's like the same story. A couple key injuries where some big-name offensive lineman like Nick Easton out right away in preseason. He's like the number one overall rated tackle or something like that. And he's gone, so that's huge. And now we just have now we have what Gary Kubiak as an offensive like advisor. Personally, yeah, I'm a wa- little weird. Personally, I wanted them to hire Mike McCarthy as their offensive coordinator. That would've been great. Go I, go go for it. I would have loved that cause, Have fun. But they didn't. They kept Kevin Stefanski, which not a huge fan of that him. That was either. also I also found that a little odd. But It'd have been way better if they brought in. Adam I thought Gase. I thought they were going to try and bring somebody in. Yeah, they like, wanted to like get Gase. Adam Gase. Yeah, but obviously he signed with the Jets. Right. Another interesting one that I saw was, oh hey look, they're going to go get Hugh Jackson, who was the recently fired Browns coach. I mean, that would have been a terrible mistake. Yeah. So well, just to say uh, on
1: because I'm on the Kirk Cousins train, just because I've loved him since he's played at Michigan State. Michigan State's probably my favorite college football and basketball very too good at but the last in all of his seasons where he's been a starter he's thrown for more more than four thousand yards and
0: 25 touchdowns so and he's not a terrible quarterback it's just bad offensive situation with a very not great offensive coordinator it's just, the offense was a train wreck the entire uh, season. Don't get me wrong. All
1: right. You're going to give me a realistic prediction of the Packers record next season, <laughs> and I'm going to give you a realistic prediction of the Vikings record next season.
0: Bears win. No bias. The, no bias. I'm going to say it this right out. Bears win the division again. Okay. Vikings are going to go. No, you got to say what the Packers are going to okay, go. Okay.
1: Because I, I can, we can't trust each other to be unbiased. <laughs> you're right. You're right. So, Packers are going to go 9-7. and seven. Okay. Because, again... I can accept that, but I disagree. But I'm not going to say what I think the Packers are going to go. I'm going to say what I think the Vikings are going to go. What do you think the Vikings are going to go? And you're not going to be happy. And our producer isn't going to be happy either. But uh, I don't see the Vikings getting more than six wins next season. Really? Yeah. But Wow. And I, but I also do think the Bears will win the division next season. I think I hate the Bears more than I hate the Vikings. But I, I agree with you on that. The I, Packers... I, <laughs> Matt Nagy ha, ha, is doing, doing what's right over there, and I think you know if it wasn't for that field goal blocked or not blocked, whatever you want to believe. Hey, Vikings you, fans can relate really to that one They would have had a good one chance too. to run to the Super Bowl. So <clears throat> Blair Walsh,
0: yeah, you guys are cursed, honestly. So our another new segment we have on our P- Calling an Audible podcast is it's a little catchy, my opinion. So it's what grinds Greenberg slash Greg's gears. A lot of alliteration in there. I tried really hard. What <laughs> grinds Greenberg's and Greg's gears? Like, I thought it was just a coincidence we had two G's. I also found it really funny when I was down in Frisco, Texas this past semester. Dr. Greg Greenberg's dentistry or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. I remember I, when I sent you sent you me that picture. I sent you I was just like... That was funny. It's like, I couldn't get away with it. And now <laughs> I decided, you know, it's pretty good. We're going to bring that back into the podcast because, I mean, it was just too catchy not to. Of course. So that's... Talk about what really irritates you in the sporting world right now. Well, right now, well, my my two professional
1: sports or professional hockey teams that I associate with are the Winnipeg Jets and the Anaheim Ducks. The Winnipeg Jets, obviously, uh, my hometown is Winnipeg. Rightfully so. so. Rightfully so. But remind but us again
0: why you like the Anaheim Ducks.
1: The, so I'm a big Ducks fan because when I was growing up in Winnipeg, there was no Winnipeg Jets to like. And they the were, Jets came to Phoenix. Winnipeg and what? Here. And then the Jets returned in 2011, so from 1997 when I was born until 2011 I had to choose another hockey team to like. Okay. And I grew up seeing all these clips of Timo Solani scoring these amazing goals for the Winnipeg Jets getting to 76 in his rookie season which is still to this day not been beat. Timo. And that that's why that's why I became a Ducks fan. So what grinds my gears right now is the fact that my ducks are on a 13 game losing streak. Ooh. And you know this in these games haven't been blowouts by any means a lot of them have been close games, overtime games, so and we had a very strong start to the season, but you know, everybody's calling for the head of Randy Carlisle, and I'm a huge Randy Carlisle fan because of his connections to Winnipeg as well.
0: Didn't he also get them their only Stanley Cup win in 2004? Right, and 2007, 2007. He got them.
1: I remember that night like it was yesterday, but he he got them their their only Cup win over the Senators. It was a 4-1 season win, and I remember we were in Canada, so... All of my friends and everybody wanted the Canadian team to win. And I was just kind of against everybody because I was the only Ducks fan. But uh, I got the last laugh in the end. A big laugh with a 4-1 series win. (laughs) But, um, you know, the Ducks have been making some moves lately. We just made a move with the, made a trade with the Minnesota Wild. Uh, We acquired Justin Kluse in exchange and we lost uh, Pontus Auberg to you guys.
0: I don't know how I feel about that trade. Is that what's grinding your gears lately? What's grinding my gears is the overall averageness of the Minnesota Wild. Like, we pride ourselves in being the state of hockey, with no representation to that at all. Yeah. Like the only claim to fame for us is we get more fans to go to a high school hockey game than we have our own NHL team. Like we're supposed to be these this great team where yeah we've made the postseason the past six years. Ever since the Suter and Parisi signings, which have kind, of, which was a good signing in terms of Suter, but in terms of Parisi, he's been injured and just he had a, a little good, off and on. Yeah, he's sketchy. I mean, he's a great hustle kid, and he's really knows the grindstone kind of person. But at the same time, it's just he's always injured. He's not really producing the way he should be, like the way he did in his last year in New Jersey when he put up like 96 points, I believe, it was on. Route to the Stanley Cup Finals where they lost. What else is new? Yeah, right. It's got to be tough to be a Minnesota sports fan. In general, yes. It's always just like we're going to have a team that does really, really good and then they just die in the playoffs. It's like they tease us like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Nope, gone. So when I saw that Paul Fenton originally drafted Ponda Saberg, in the 37th overall in 2012 when he was assistant GM with the Predators and he just traded Justin Kluse for him, I'm just like, okay, that's not going to help him at all because, oh, let's just go dra- let's go, go out and get another depth forward for our bottom two lines. Where Minnesota lacks a actual scorer, someone that can just say, hey, give me the puck and I'm going to get us a goal. We don't have an Ovechkin. We don't have a Sidney Crosby. We have a deep team that... Is scoring what two goals every other game? It's like one and a half average. It's,
1: I mean, Pontus Auburg Ar- is—you know—he's been a, a decent player for the Ducks. Like in the past, or in this year at least, he's had—he's uh, he, only played eleven. or sorry, he's played thirty-seven games this season. So that's pretty much all of them so far. And what he has? And maybe he has 10 eleven. Points? He has eleven goals and eight assists. So, <laughs> Great, so perfect. you know, eleven goals is pretty decent for him. So he might be a
0: decent player for you guys, but he's you gonna know. give us nothing. I mean, granted, Justin Clues was with the Iowa right, Wild in AHL, but still, right? It's just that's just an, a it, redundant yeah, I find trade. It
1: interesting that it was just a straight up trade, one for one, and it wasn't like there was no picks involved,
0: yeah, anything and conditional. It was just two minor like hockey players, yeah. But you know what it's whatever. I bet you the Wild don't even make the playoffs this year. No, they won't, but the Jets
1: for sure will because they're dominating everything. They're on the top. Ducks, this might be the first year that they don't make it, but you know, I'm hoping that uh I have faith in Randy to still turn it around and
0: stop grinding my gears. <laughs> yeah. But Bruce, um Bruce Badreaux, if he doesn't make the playoffs, he's out. He's grinding well, my gears, too. The problem
1: is uh, he's in the past, he's been a great regular
0: season coach. He just can't, can't get win done in the, playoffs. In the playoffs. Couldn't do it spurt. in Washington. Couldn't, Couldn't do, do it, it in Anaheim. Anaheim. No. Definitely doesn't do it in Minnesota. No. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, Minnesota's cursed anyways. So
0: Yeah, ever since the North Stars moved, it's just been all downhill from there. But to, mo- to move on,
1: you're uh, calling an audible. We like to cover you know some general info and news from sports teams here on campus at UMC. Um, we just like to give a shout-out to the men's basketball team for – having their best best record in school history with uh, over a month left. They're eight and one at home with an eleven and eight record total. Uh, this is. Great news for UMC Sports, I think, because it shows a trend in the right direction. At least with the basketball program, absolutely agree. And um, the women
0: themselves too; they're currently nine and seven overall, and five and two at home. I think they set similar records for wins in a season. Right. They 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 started. The statistic was that they had the best uh, start in their
1: schools in our schools' history, which is amazing. Which is pretty awesome. So we'll see how they. Uh, Go, go through the rest of the season. We'll see what they can do in the conference tournaments. Uh, the You can catch them both. Women's basketball team, 530, at Lee Soccer Gymnasium here in Crookston versus Winona. Uh, and then the men's, followed by the men's team at 730, also against Winona. And then on Saturday, uh, the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, which is an organization that I'm a leadership member of, is putting on a slam, it's a slam
0: dunk, don't drive drunk event. Do we actually get uh, to dunk the ball? Uh, if you're capable of dunking you can um, you should get some like trampolines and a big old gym mat So you could just like we could do that
1: we have we have we have the, those little like Fisher price nets that people could go <laughs> Dunk on and honestly like they'll probably miss because what we're bringing out for this for the event for the games on Saturday The women play at 3 30 men play at 5 30 against upper Iowas we uh, have rented from the gracious people at Polk County Health have uh, rented us uh, drunk goggles, Those so we're gonna have people competing at halftime, at quarter breaks, um, you know, shooting free throws, three pointers with these goggles on, and uh, you know, we can win some prizes. Just try and bring more awareness to uh, the dangers of drinking and driving. I'm gonna go out on
0: a limb here and say not a single shot will be made.
1: Yeah, I, I was in the gym practicing with a couple of other people last night and. It, it did not look too good. I didn't missed, go too well. I was, I, I shot the ball like a normal free throw and I didn't even hit the backboard or the rim. So, <laughs> Just you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. And I, I hope that the event will open a lot of people's eyes up to the dangers of drinking and driving. And because if you can't
0: shoot a basketball drunk, what makes you think you can drive a car, right? Exactly. And it's a very serious situation here in the world today. So to wrap up, finally, we have a couple uh, articles slash montage videos we found kind of funny. And one I saw was Mark andre Fleury got busted rebuilding a small little snow wall in front of the net when he got pulled at the He's end such of the a game. goof for that. Against Winnipeg, mind you. So with like 30 seconds left, the score is 2-1 to one, and the refs caught him, like drag a stick across the blue crease and they just uh, they just basically cleared the ice and wagged his finger, wagged their finger at him and said nice try, please don't do that. As a veteran, I think that's kind of funny. Not gonna lie. What are your thoughts on that? Real quick. I just think marc Andre Fleury's a goofball, and he has been for years in the NHL. Well, he's not like—is it Brad Marchand or Patrice Bergeron that was licking players last year? Um, I think it's no, it was, I think it's Marchand. It was
1: Marchand. It was Marchand, and the NHL yeah. literally said,
0: "Please don't lick players anymore." Yeah,
1: well, it's it's not very sanitary, but. definitely isn't. I thought... He's just a goof... Yeah, like you said, a goofball for that. But one uh, wacky thing that I found in sports was um, there was a high school basketball game down in Florida. And for some reason in Florida, high school basketball, the rules are there's no shot clock. The entire state
0: of Florida has no shot
1: clock. There's no shot... Not for high school basketball. Really? No. So one team, uh, Oak Ridge, who's, who's a nationally ranked team, they fell to the Boon High Braves, who are unranked. They lost them 20 to them 20-16 to in one of the lowest scoring basketball games ever. And the fact that the Boon High Braves could come out with a win over a nationally ranked team by essentially running a stall offense, by literally. bringing the ball up and literally just standing there with the ball and then making a pass and then, you know, shooting a basket if they want...
0: Yeah, when they finally find the open man.
1: Like how how crazy is it that and we're in two thousand and nineteen and there's still no shot clock for some basketball games. High school basketball it games. It reminds me of
0: my recess days back when I was a little kid. Just like play basketball in the court and say, Oh, shot's not open, you gotta make a pass. You know, just do that and now that I see it actually happen, like the halftime score going into that game was three to nothing in favor of Oak Ridge. Right. Three to nothing at halftime.
1: Well, the, wow. the only thing I can think is Boone must be really good on defense or or the Oak Ridge must have matched their style during that game. But uh Oak Ridge is 32 and 0 against all other Florida schools in the past 2 years and then they and then they lost to Boone last year as well, 78 to 76. But that was a much higher scoring game with a Huh. very different lineup than this game. So, so just
0: eight, just to make note, just eight states throughout the country, California, Maryland, Massachusetts, New York, North and South Dakota, Rhode Island, and Washington, use a shot clock for high school games. Right. So if you're in those states, don't expect any uh, low-scoring pass-the-ball game. Right. That's going to be yeah, I just think
1: that that's pretty crazy that there's no shot clock.
0: At, at a high school level, like, I understand junior
1: high, elementary, and community club, but... Yeah. You, at the high school level when there's, you know, w- when people are constantly being scouted and recruited, you you got to have a shot clock there because it, it's not something that they're going to see at the college
0: level or at the NBA Especially level. Especially Florida where a lot of actually good basketball players come out of. Especially there when basketball is actually fairly popular. Right, it, it's very
1: prominent down there. But, yeah. Well, to uh, wrap up our show, uh, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to Season 2, Episode 1 of Calling an Audible. You can catch us debating, laughing, and having fun all season long with our episodes going live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. You can also follow us on Twitter at at Pod for updates as well as links to full episodes. From my co-host Greg and from myself, thanks for listening. And we'll see you again for Episode 2 of Calling an Audible. (laughs) Calling an Audible is made possible through the assistance of the University of Minnesota Crookston Media Services Department and executive producer James Bogachnik. The views expressed on Calling an Audible are not necessarily the views of the University of Minnesota Crookston or its affiliates.